0: Welcome to the Invisible India podcast. I'm Jessica.
1: And I'm Abhishek. We are a cross-cultural couple doing life in India, exploring the lesser-known mysteries of Indian culture,
0: interviewing fascinating figures who have chartered new territories, and sharing life as we raise our multicultural family amongst the complexities of modern Indian life. Welcome to the Invisible India podcast. This is Jessica. I hope you guys are all doing well wherever you are in the world. Before we get into today's episode with Growing Up Guptas, Nikita Gupta, and yes, it is Nikita, not Nikita. I did not mispronounce that. Before we get into today's episode, we are going to take a listener question as usual. So today's question is a little bit of a sensitive topic. For some people, it is living in joint families. What does it look like? What are some of the challenges and struggles? What is our personal experience on that topic? So this episode was actually recorded for YouTube. And if you don't know, we just recently started our own YouTube channel where you can actually see us talking to you and sharing our content with you visually. So if you haven't checked out our YouTube channel yet, go ahead to Invisible India podcast on YouTube. Our link is also in the show notes here. You can check it out. We like to post fun little clips on there as well as our episodes. All of our full episodes are also on our YouTube channel. So if you prefer that medium, head on over there, check it out and subscribe. So let's talk about joint families. are Jessica
1: and Abhishek,
0: and today we're gonna to talk about for one of our listener questions mm. how to navigate living in a joint family as a foreigner mm. for those of you that don't know I'm from the US
1: yeah, and I'm from India
0: and we live in India we've been married for ten years
1: mm-hmm. we have
0: two kids And we host the Invisible India podcast about our cultural journey. We interview people who are breaking stereotypes within Indian culture. And we talk about our cross-cultural life in India. So one of our listeners asked us, do you live in a joint family in India? And if so, what's that like as a non-Indian? So. The short answer is uh, not really. We don't live in the same house as the sheikh's parents, although they do live in the same town. And uh, same we, neighborhood. yeah, the same neighborhood. We do live pretty close to them. And that's the compromise that we've made to be close to them, uh, but not under the same roof exactly. So. A little known fact about me is I actually grew up in a kind of similar situation where my grandparents lived just a few doors d- um, down from our house and walking distance away. So I saw them every day and fortunately our kids are having the same experience.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Dynamics are different from U.S. Yes. than here. And, um yeah so we don't live in a joint family but we are quite connected because we don't have a lot of, i don't have a lot of family here for my parents to interact with so basically it's just us mm-hmm. that interacts with them so so basically we are the only family they have in town we have extended family but uh, they they because they don't really um they don't really drive a lot so when so they, and my mother's schedule is such that she doesn't really go out very much. So basically they don't go out to other people's homes all that often. So whoever comes to their house is the only interactions they have. So we usually go every day or every other day. So that's the interactions they have and we usually have lots of other different kinds of interaction like food. We take the food there sometimes, we bring food from there, we have uh, um, we go over there and watch TV and. And so occasionally they will come over to our place, but usually that doesn't happen. So we are like a community for them
0: I think that while we don't live under the same roof, I think the main point of joint family interaction is how much are your lives interweave together and are you, you know, especially as an only son, there are expectations and duties of taking care of your parents, checking in on them, being emotional support. And for us, Abhishek's parents don't need physical help right now, other than, especially now during this COVID-19 lockdown, you know, um, they are you know, don't have help coming. So we are able to do basic house things for them. But I think for a lot of people, being in a joint family is beneficial. It's not for everyone. It depends on the situation. So I do see that it can be really tough for people when um, you're blending two cultures together. And for us, we've tried to build a third culture in our family, which is neither Indian nor American. So it's kind of this other thing. And sometimes that can be a challenge and there can be pressures from both sides of trying to do things more Indian or trying to do things more American and it, it can't always be Yeah, both sides are pressures.
1: Uh-huh. So, but, but we, uh, most of our people, mentors and coaches have got, told us to not do that. Not mm-hmm. do either American or Indian. yeah uh, Go for a third blended culture. So yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think th- what's tough for a lot of people when their son with their daughter-in-law doesn't live with them is that, you know, mm-hmm. like what are people around us gonna say? And you know, Yeah, but uh, in,
1: in an urban setting, that's getting less and less. Yeah. Uh, but in a rural setting or when you are in a neighborhood where all your relatives are in each other's business, then mm. that is much more relevant. But nowadays, like in cities, I don't think people care that much anymore. Uh, There will still be some pressure, or if you're in a family gatherings, there might be some talks like that. But, or you you may have those traditional relatives that the Pahu and the two brothers and their wives and their children all up growing up in the same home. And you might feel sort of, if you're from a traditional family, then you might feel a little bit jealous that my family doesn't, live with me because I'm my son is married to a foreign bahu and all of this, or from a, you know, that, that's, that would be the natural mm. feelings that, oh, if he had married an Indian, arranged marriage, proper conservative type of thing, that she would come and live with us and she would cook the food and she would uh, do this, that, and the other thing. Whereas when you do something different, um, plus, you know, it, Depends upon how much domestic help you have, who cooks your food. I mean, the kitchen is a big aspect of what joint family is about, why there's... But there are also, like, lots of positives. Sometimes, you know, joint family from the Western point or from or from even Indian point, like there's a lot of negatives of Indian uh, joint family that people think about, like Ladai Chakra and <laughs> Bahu fighting against Saas and ba- two Bahu's so fighting. Two Bahu's or
0: fighting, or Bahu, right?
1: Bahu and Sali fighting. Uh, right, or, like... No, 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 the Nanad fighting. All so of the things that
0: cereal, Indian cereals are and based C- yeah, on. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. But it doesn't always happen like that. Uh, but there is definitely dynamics and it depends upon... There's a lot of um, freedom of... Um, of of how much you want to integrate into that, but bigger city you are living in, and especially if you're a migrated family, if like say you're from Chandigarh but you live in Delhi, or if you're from Patna, Bihar, and you live in Lucknow, I think those stereotypes breaks a little bit. You may not have as much expectation, but you're already in a different culture and living. Uh, you already were. You never lived with your sauce when you were growing up. Or when sorry, or when you were married at that time, so 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 there's some different like but that's what I've realized is yeah. much more nuanced, much more mm-hmm. complex than just one way to think. Right. But what that one way to think that's promoted in media is has some realities to it. It's not like completely devoid of realities. But
0: that's true. I think it matters like how interdependent you are. I don't think that those typical structures necessarily. Are all that matter anymore? I think it's like how interdependent are you? Do you know what's going on in each other's lives? Now we have everyone has a smartphone. Even older people have smartphones now. Expectations
1: usually are only for daughter in laws, not from not for son in laws as much, right? Right, right. I mean, like Priyanka Chopra being married (laughs) to what's his name, Nick Jonas. Nick Jonas. Like there are not a lot of expectations from Nick Jonas. Like okay, yeah, he's married to my daughter. Like say if I'm Priyanka Chopra's dad. Like, okay, I mean, wh- wh- what am, wh- what's my expectation? I mean, wh- nothing. Whereas when it was reversed, say, you know, m- getting married to a foreign bahu. But even you're from those families, Bollywood families, elite families, like, what does that even matter? Right. Like I mean, right. nobody lives with each other anyway. Right. You visit, you have a big palace you're living in somewhere. So in, in that way, maybe they don't really have to think about those things. And uh, people who are more from conservative families who live in, who have always seen those conservative values, they will feel more guilty or jealous or that they're missing out on something that their relatives experienced because their bahu doesn't live with them or their bahu doesn't cook the same way as, you know. Those rivalries can exist, I'm sure. Yeah,
0: definitely. I think it really matters also like do you have space in your life for those people? Whether you live together or whether you live apart, Mm -hmm. are you thinking about them? Are you in their daily lives? And especially I think there's a difference between at least Western people and people in uh, the way that a lot of Indians, South Asians, even Middle Easterners communicate is very indirectly. So if there's something wrong, a lot of times the people aren't going to tell you over the phone like, oh, this happened or this is, you know, so-and-so is really sick. It's like you have to kind of ask more questions and being there living together kind of mitigates that having to dig in so much, but uh, you can still do the, the kind of investigating without being in the same house. I think it just matters like how much space do you have in your life for those people rather than if you're under the same roof. So that's that's what we think about the topic i mean there's a lot more to discuss and i think that uh-huh. if you're getting married into an indian family it's really important to understand the like life rhythms the expectations that are there
1: whether you're married to a younger son older son very important to
0: know like where you fall in the hierarchy of the daughter-in-laws or son-in-law if you're you know it just it but for daughter-in-laws it's more yeah, important son-in-law not that important right where you fall in the hierarchy of daughter-in-laws are you the older are you the you know lower one the only son right only son there's more responsibility there so um it's really i think important to spend time in the family whether you live there or not and to understand those conflicts and challenges that take place when you're new especially when you're new to the family i think it's important to spend as much time as possible to kind of understand those unspoken family dynamics yeah Mm
1: mm-hmm yeah, probably. I'm not sure. Sonia Gandhi did she live with Indra Gandhi? I'm not sure. No idea. But uh, it, can it Google is. that? Yeah, <laughs> you Google that. We have no idea. But but Sonia Gandhi is the president of the Congress Party here. And I think she stepped down. But anyway, she's like her husband was a Prime Minister of India at one point, and her mother-in-law was the Prime Minister of India. Yeah. So I mean, she's a big. She's uh, the original only, foreign bahu of uh, India. Yeah, original foreign bahu. <laughs>
0: I hope you enjoyed that little section on joint family living. Next, we're going to share the interview that I had the privilege of doing with Nikita Gupta with Growing Up Gupta Multicultural Lifestyle Blog. She's a fascinating person and she was so much fun to talk to. We're both Chicagoans, so we had that connection of course, both married to Indians. Nikita is an African-American woman who is married to a Yupiwala from Northern India. And they have such a beautiful story to share. Nikita shared with me about her struggles to find acceptance in Indian culture, and then also how she's really made it her own and is not only passing on amazing aspects of Indian culture to her own daughter, but also sharing with others how they can accept their own Indianness as a mixed family and how to express your own unique cultural blend as a family. This is part one of my conversation with Nikita. Be sure to listen in to next week's part two where she talks about how you can win a copy of her book, I Love Masala Me. So let's meet Nikita. I'm super excited. Today we have Nikita Gupta with us. Nikita and I got connected, I don't know, I guess like about a year or maybe even two years ago, just online because she runs a multicultural lifestyle blog, growingupgupta.com. She has amazing resources and I love the way that she connects people together and shares other people's stories. It's not just all about her and her life. She really does a great job of bringing together people who have similarities, people who are interacting with Indian culture in various ways. So thank you so much for being on the episode, Nikita.
2: Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here, Jessica
0: for sure i just am so curious like how did you get started into blogging how did you get started into wanting to share your story i mean you're you've been married to your husband is yeah, that right he's, from, is he...
2: he's he's originally from the up and okay. also Plukwa. his mom's from Plakwa, so he's he's northern indian uh-huh. I, I really got started blogging, I would say, as a result of I was a part of these different social media forums that were closed forums, mm. private slash secret groups. Within them, my husband and I, we just continuously, you know, read and interacted with people that had gone through similar situations than us, but they they had become dire, whereas people were hiding in chunks of cars because of the fact that they were dating somebody that was of Indian descent mm. and the parents would never approve of it. And after our daughter was born, it just all of a sudden dawned on I me, mean, why not share our story to help others that are going through the same situation we've been through and or these situations that we are reading about or connecting with our people about on these closed forums. And so that's really how growing up Gupta was birthed. He and I have been married now for 11 years. We've been together for 15 years in total
0: that's so great it was the lack of resources that allowed you to step into this place where you wanted to help others and and yeah. see that hey you know we've we've been through a lot we've been able to work through some of these maybe cultural challenges in a unique way and and want to share that with the world that's great that's
2: exactly right yes <laughs>
0: So so tell me a little bit about you. I mean, I know a little bit about you, but if you can tell our listeners a little bit about you, where are you from, what's your background, where do you work, what's your professional background and all that?
2: Okay, so, well, I'm African American. I was born and raised in the Chicagoland area, and my parents are still there. My husband and my daughter and I, we currently reside in North Carolina. My professional background was... Essentially being in sales, I used to be in energy sales, so I would go to school districts and hospitals and private and public universities, and I would talk to them about how to reduce their energy costs and reduce their carbon footprint (laughs) uh, prior to having our daughter. And then after she was Mm. born, I decided to take on uh, blogging and look at becoming more of an entrepreneur, and I also authored a couple of books, too. So that's what I've been doing since that time.
0: That's so great. Yeah. I saw recently that you had a kid's book come out. It was a bilingual children's book. Is that right?
2: Yes, that's correct.
0: Cool. You can definitely tell me about that a little later into the episode. I want to give the listeners some opportunities to hear about that too. I'm just curious, you know, how did you guys meet and connect with each other?
2: Certainly. He and I actually met at work he was new to the company as well as myself. And I was standing in a mutual friend's cubicle talking to him. And then my husband, Sachin he presented himself and said, hi, I'm Sachin." And I was like, Oh, hi, I'm Nikita. And, and I was just like, in my head, I'm like, Oh, he, he's nice. He looks cute. And he told me that it was like a light came down from heaven and he just knew I was the one. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah it it, it wasn't that grand for me but it was for him and he and I we just you know we continued to build a friendship and we got to know each other and he worked on a project with me at work and really our friendship grew into something more
0: you guys were in North Carolina at that point or
2: we were actually in Michigan so he's originally from Michigan so after I I finished business school. I was uh, recruited by a company called Jobs and Controls to go work for them in Michigan. And so mm-hmm. that's where i that.
0: Oh, cool. One of the things that I know you've shared on your blog and some of the stuff that you put out to the world is, you know, different people's stories of how they were able to build a bridge between their non-Indian family and their spouse's or their partner's Indian family. And so... I know that a lot of people, especially in some of the circles that you and I are connected in, there's a lot of people from European background that get married to Indians. And I find that it's more, I guess, rare or not as common for people people of African descent or people who have African-American backgrounds to get married to Indians. And so I'm super curious and just would love to hear your story and how you guys forged that path together in getting to know each other's families and forging the path of acceptance?
2: Most definitely. I have to say that it was a tumultuous (laughs) journey. It was not easy at all. There were a lot of tears that were shed. There was a lot of thoughts of, is this worth fighting for? Should we even be doing this? Because his parents had such a disapproval of him being with somebody that was not Indian, there was already a set expectation that he would have an arranged marriage with an Indian woman. And so to bring somebody up like myself, that that is of African American descent, and say that he wanted to marry me was something that his parents just were not on board with. You know, there was tons of family arguments, tons of family discussions, discussions that actually ended up being arguments and blow ups. And there were a lot of times mm-hmm. that such and I just had to walk out of the room, we had to walk out of the restaurant that we met up with his parents at, there had to be come a cooling off period. But he was he was disowned as a result of uh, saying that he wanted to marry me for around 9 months in total. He always thinks it's 6 months, but it was 9 months. And <laughs> he and I <laughs> he and I actually decided that we were going to just have a destination wedding and you know, we were going to get married because we wanted to be together. We loved each other that much. He decided, you know, I, I'll walk away from my family because I want them to see that their disapproval of you is just based upon the color of your skin and their thoughts of African Americans here in the United States, and that does not equate to who you are as a person. And he said, if they just took the chance to try to get to know you, then their sentiments, mm-hmm. their feelings would be entirely different. And so he walked away from his family, and that destroyed me internally. But I knew that if he was willing to do that, then he was the right person for me, yeah. that he loved me that much. And, uh, you know, it was difficult, like I said, but eventually his parents turned the leaf. I would say his father turned the leaf the first Time, and he reached out to his son and said, you know, we'd rep- rather have you in our lives than not. And we don't know her. You're right. We haven't taken the time to get to know her. Um, instead, we've been held up on our own prejudices and our own stereotypes. I, we want you in our lives. And so he met with his dad without me being there. And after that, his mom and dad had me over at their house. And I wore traditional Indian uh, Savar suit. <laughs> and I touched their feet and I walked in the door of their home for the first time with them welcoming me, and mm-hmm. there was tears shed. And you know, within myself, I was fearful, you know, because I'm just like, I'm I'm helping my husband to break tradition, I'm helping him, I'm a stranger, itching into something that I have no idea culturally of what I'm doing, but at the same time, I said to myself, you know, this man's fighting for you, so, So I stood by his side, and I I listened to what his parents had to say, and they said, you know, welcome to not only our home, but welcome to your home. I knew that had to be hard for them, that the situation would eventually improve because they were trying to help to make it improve. So we sat down, and my mother-in-law ended up giving me a a jewelry set that she had gotten from India and uh, she said, welcome to the family. That's essentially how I came to the point of being welcomed into their home. I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say after that, everything was perfect and we got along because it wasn't. <laughs> there were a lot of ups and downs. I mean, especially from a <laughs> standpoint, because I was I was born and raised Christian and they're Hindu. So, you know, talking about the religious aspects and understanding those type of things and um, us coming to head on certain things was definitely there <laughs> being able to let my parents know finally because my parents they accepted Sachin with open arms once they met him I took him to Chicago we went to dinner and I said this is Sachin and my my dad and my mom hugged him right away and they said if Nikita loves you we love you so that was the easy part for for me when I finally told them that Sachin's parents had invited us over and I met with them mm-hmm. that made my dad's face light up and when I saw him and, and he said, you know, what can we bring to their home so that they know that, you know, we want to get to know them. We want to be a family with them. And so my, I mm. told my dad to bring an a, a Indian elephant, which he ended up uh, going to the store with me and looking at purchasing. And we sent uh, such an, a picture of it for him to say yes or no. So we ended up mm. getting that <laughs> and bringing it to their home. when my parents finally met his parents. And they hugged and chatted and we had chai and you know, Indian sweets and everything. And, and they got mm-hmm. along. It can be done, but I'm not mm-hmm. going to ever say it's, it's ever going to be an easy road, especially when you're talking about two different cultures. And you're also talking about how colorism is still impacts India today and yes. how people... See and view different casts and all that stuff. Even though they say there is no cast system, there still is.
0: Yeah, for sure. So much just to unpack in your story. And I would (laughs)
2: love
0: to. So just going back to the beginning of the initial reaction, what do you feel the stereotypes are in at least the Indian community that you've interacted with. Mm -hmm. And of course, to be as respectful as possible to your in-laws, you don't don't have to share like, you know, a bunch of dirty details or anything, you know. Right. So what are some of the stereotypes that you feel like are existing or things that you had to overcome as an African-American woman getting married to an Indian?
2: I'll give you the generalizations. I think that oftentimes dark skin is attached to being uneducated. It's attached to being dirty. It's attached to not having a knowledge of the world in general and being ignorant to an extent of things. I think that those are things that oftentimes people pigeonhole and just automatically think that People of African-American descent or with African heritage are those things because of the color of their skin. They see those things on TV, people being ignorant, you know, people that sound uneducated aren't able to articulate their words and things like that. So I think that the generalizations that people come up with are some of the things that my my in-laws considered
0: through time through getting to know you through realizing that you did not fall into any of those categories they were able to accept you over time and because of your posture of leaning in towards them and even your family i just i love to hear how open your family was to getting to know indian culture and that they were willing to take those first steps And even just to realize that, man, you know, Indian people in general are so family-oriented and want to have that connection with with their children's (laughs) in-laws. I think that's something, especially in American culture, that's not obvious to a lot of Americans is that if your son or daughter is going to get married to an Indian person, you kind of have to be involved in the process. (laughs)
2: Exactly, yeah. that's
0: That's so great that your parents... Figured that out quickly, and were so willing to step in and and just kind of, enculturate themselves to yeah. reach across that bridge. And that's such a beautiful story.
2: Yeah. Well, my my daddy had been to India previously, and okay. he is in IT. So. I hate to make a generalization, but he has worked uh-huh. with a lot of people of Indian descent, you know. Sure. And, and when I w- was growing up, we actually lived in a neighborhood that had a lot of Indian families in it. So I had friends that were already of Indian descent. I had friends that were Muslim and Hindu. And so I knew from an early age that most people that are of South Asian descent or Indian, they don't marry people, you know, outside of their own uh, religions (laughs) or (laughs) background. So, but, but because my dad had already been cultured and things like that, he knew that there were certain steps that needed to to be taken in order to make things the way that they needed to be, whereas everybody felt like, okay, they're putting in an effort. We're putting in an effort, too. And going back to what you were saying about my in-laws, it was funny because I think that you're spot on, whereas in Indian culture, they presume that family needs to stick together and that you need to have an understanding of the culture. I think that my in-laws had a fear of the fact that they thought that I would not want to continue their culture here. It was just going to be, you know, perhaps me having my culture be the predominant culture that Sachin and I celebrated. And, and he and I had always said, you know, if we're going to do this, then we're going to celebrate both of our cultures together. Mm. And so my mother-in-law, she was shocked when she found out that I ate okra, but we cook it differently. She was shocked when I ate black eyed peas. But well, we cook it differently too, you know? So I even told her, I'm like, there's a lot of things, a lot of the foods we actually eat are very similar. <laughs> so yes. uh, I think she was just shocked by that when I told her and, and she saw that.
0: <laughs> just being able to cross that bridge and yeah, um, a mentor of ours always talks about how you have to take people from the known to the unknown. So That's first exactly. you start with the known, the known factors. What are the things that people know? What are the things that we have in common. And then we can slowly, slowly move to these other unknown areas where we might not have as many things in common, but you can get comfortable with me and I can get comfortable with you.
2: (laughs) Yes, that is on.
0: The initial years were somewhat like that of getting to know each other and and them realizing how much you were really leaning in to Indian culture and wanting to accommodate and that, of course, that made them more open to wanting to accommodate to you. Uh, I wish I could share the whole interview right now, but you're just going to have to wait till next week. So I hope that you can check in with us and enjoy Nikita's second part, where she gets really into talking through her cultural journey as an African American woman being married to a North Indian and how they have created a unique cultural blend in their home. Be sure to check out her website, growingupgupta.com. She has so many resources on there. Check her out on Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, and Facebook, and TikTok to learn more about her and her family. And be sure to check in next week to learn how you can win a copy of her children's book, I Love Masala Me. Thanks everyone for listening. We really appreciate it. Connect with us. Write us on invisibleindiapodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram. Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And of course, check out our new YouTube channel. Thanks. Jalya.
1: The music for the Invisible India podcast is performed by Christopher Halen Sitar and Ed Henley on Tabla, on Rag Beam Palasi.